It's October 13th, 2022, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to just jump right into today's podcast. No fluffy talk about how nice it is outside, although it's fantastic. We just got some rain. You got rain? Don't don't shout it out too loudly. You might scare it away, but we got a little bit. <laughs> well, okay. So so yeah. So there, there's your weather update for for Texas for the moment. But we wanted to kind of jump into this pretty quick because we actually have a guest, and I say guest because it's my husband. So he's not normally on the podcast. So technically he's a guest, but I'm also married to him. So it's kind of a a weird combination there, but. What we were going to talk about today was something that I don't have any experience with, but Matthew certainly does. And for architects out there listening and maybe architecture students who are just getting into the field, you may be running into some of this too. And and what we want to talk about is recruiters and recruitment. Companies will hire these these other companies to actually go out and find employees and it's something you know, I, I'm, Matthew and I were talking on the phone a couple of days ago, and he said, hold on, because a recruiter was calling him. And in the middle of our talk about recruiting, a recruiter was calling him to try to recruit him. So, so it seemed very timely. So we wanted to talk about recruiting, and it's really been driven, the conversation has been driven not by my own experience, but by what Matthew's experienced. And, and interestingly enough, what his own wife, Faye, has experienced as she has moved jobs, you know, what, what, what she has gone through in that process. And so I'm going to let Matthew tell, tell Faye's story. We're going to hopefully get her on here at some point. But, uh, but for now, Matthew's going to sort of relate what happened with her. And, and then we're going to pop into some questions for James because James really understands this certainly far better than either one of us. I think that just comes from from being in the field long enough. So, Matthew, it's up to you. You know, drop in and let us know what Faye what Faye went through because she she's she was at one she was at one accounting firm and she went over to like not not accounting firm but she actually went to a, a corporate environment, right? Yeah. So Faye started off at PwC. And worked her way up through a certain, worked her way up through the the corporate ladder structure there up until a point. And then she decided right before we got married that, hey, you know, uh, maybe a little bit more work-life balance would be kind of fun. And I kind of agreed with her at that point. So she went off and started looking for a new job. And at that point... Uh, PwC's uh, and and all of the the big major public accounting firms are very lucrative targets for recruiters as people jump ship from these big account public accounting firms to private industry. And so, I mean, she immediately got hit up by two or three recruiters when when she when she let it be known to other people that. You know, she's looking for a new job. She started working with one recruiter. It was going okay. She wasn't, she wasn't like thrilled with the opportunities that she was getting uh, interviews for, but you know, they were decent and and definitely a step up from the the hundred hour weeks that she was working. So it, it was an improvement, but you know, she she told this recruiter, you know, I I I really want to go to, I really want to stay in that big corporate route. I want to go like big name. I'm thinking, you're thinking Pepsi around here, the locally you've got, um, 
geez, I don't need, uh, you've got Pepsi, you've got Dr. Pepper, you've got uh, Hewlett Packard used to be over there in Plano. But yeah, all, all of those big, big, big corporate up, up, up in the north part of the suburbs north here in Dallas. And the recruiter just told her, no, you know, we don't, there's, there's nothing currently there. I've looked. And so eventually she, she got hooked in with another job that, you know, they were, they were talking more specifics in terms of, okay, when would you start? What, uh, what are, what are the conditions? They, they were trying to, to bargain, you know, starting to bargain for, uh, you know, what, how, how was her, how were the terms of her employment going to be set? And then she got a call from a second recruiter who then said, oh, hey, by the way, I've got you an interview at Pepsi tomorrow. Can you make it? And Faye's like, oh, heck yeah. And so that just, and then, and then of course, she ends up going, getting the job at Pepsi, and she's incredibly happy there. But that meant coming back to the first recruiter that she was working with and saying, oh, hey, by the way, I got a job at Pepsi, even though I was in talks with negotiating salary and all this other stuff for the another job that you had lined up for me. And, and you know, that, that it, it was a, it was a tough conversation to, to be had. I mean, it's always an awkward conversation, but especially because they were so far along in that process already, but also just because. Faye felt like the recruiter hadn't done the 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 fullest extent of what they could do for Faye in terms of really digging into any opportunities that she could find in in these bigger public companies. But that experience from Faye, and then of course my own personal experience with recruiters, both recently because the architecture industry is incredibly hot right now for <laughs> any kind of recruiting business, um, had just really led me to start thinking about, okay, I'm sure there are other people being hit up by recruiters, at least on a weekly basis, and especially right now. And so let's address like, how, how, how do you go about doing this whole recruiter route thing? How does it all work? Like, like, how, how are you supposed to approach this? So th- that's really where the, the gist of, of, of today's podcast kind of came out of. Well, and I think this is where probably James is probably going to need to chime in because, you know, the the whole idea about recruiting is these these companies are looking for specific individuals or to fill a specific job. But, you know, you said Faye had two recruiters that she was working with, but they may have both had very specific and different agendas. So, so what's, what is, I mean, James, typically, how do recruiters typically work? So it's a great question. You have to remember that the way recruiting recruiters actually get paid is that they are paid by a company when some when they when that recruiter helps them fill an open position that they have. But they have to reach out to that recruiter to say, "Hey, we're willing to pay you a commission if you help us fill this position." My guess is that it in your example with Faye the first recruiter probably didn't have a relationship with Pepsi. So Pepsi, if, if she didn't have it, he or she didn't have any way to actually um, get compensated if they helped refer this, refer Faye to uh, Pepsi. So instead they focused on the firms that were willing to pay them a commission. Um, and that's why they probably, why they probably weren't even looking at Pepsi when Faye, that was where Faye wanted to go. Um, you know, it's it's an important 
lesson to know how how those recruiters are compensated because you're not necessarily they're not necessarily going to have access to every company so you may need to work with more than one recruiter to get if you have a specific company or a, a specific type of company that you want to go to work for huh so i guess i guess first takeaway here for anybody working with with any recruiter is well i guess it's time to get on board with more than one (laughs) (laughs) cast your net as wide as possible (laughs) yep so in and 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 this is and this is maybe just from my generation but so in a world where like online spaces like glassdoor indeed monster and and zip recruiter are on top of everyone's mind and geez, I, I, I get at least one ad from one of these a, a day, just either in an email or podcast or something. But why, why is there a market for recruiters these days when you have such widely available and, and most of the time free resources such as this, where you can just go window shopping online? A lot of those, those companies like Glassdoor, Monster, ZipRecruiters, they're great at helping you get your resume in the front door, but the, typically that's where their support ends. After that, you'll get very limited support from from those companies. So, whereas with a good recruiter, that a rec- good recruiter is not just going to help you get your resume in the front door of a company, but they're also going to be able to advocate for you to the re- the recruiting manager or the hiring manager uh, at the company. Um, and really help to sell you and your skills and what you bring to the to that position. They should have a good relationship with that hiring manager um, that allows them to really help learn about you before they even meet you and your background and really know that you would be a good fit for that role before they even see your resume. So a good recruiter will help you not just get in the door, but really help sell you to the hiring manager. And then the other thing that's really important that a recruiter does is they, they um, really provide you with updates throughout that whole hiring process and really guide you through that process. The recruiting process or, or hiring process is very different at different organizations. Uh, you know, Some of them have like a 12-step process that you have to go through. Some of them have a one-step process where you go and you meet with your hiring manager and that's it. A, a good recruiter will know what that process is for each company and will guide you through that process. Uh, a lot of times, and especially at larger organizations, um, where they may have a lot of different applic- a lot of applicants for a position, or have a lot of roles that they're trying to fill all at once, things can take longer than you think they should as an applicant. And so, a good recruiter can help you understand timing of at the organization and and know if you know think how things are looking if it's looking good or bad or hey it's been two weeks don't worry about that or if it's been two weeks and you should worry you know they can give you the, those kinds of guidance uh, and help you really just along the way understand where you are um, and wh- how where you stand in the process and the uh, the other thing that a good recruiter can do um, is they can help you you know tailor your resume before you even send it in for a job. A good recruiter will know the organizations that they're representing and will have a good understanding of the jobs. They can help you, first of all, make sure that, that this company and this role would be a good fit for you. But then they can also help you adjust your resume to fit that organization and fit that job. Whereas those, the, um, 
things like monster uh, and zip recruiters they may have uh, tips to help you you know generate a resume or help tips to help you make your resume look good but they're not going to be tailored to that that to any one client so those are some of the things that a recruit a recruiter can do for you that that you know glassdoor or monster that those 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 uh, recruiting tools can't do so if you know so recruiters i mean you're talking about good recruiters and bad recruiters and I think for for you know, I, when I think of architecture firms, I don't think of us re- really hiring recruiting agencies to do it. But I'm sure that it does happen because you have these m- really big firms out there that are, you know, thousand people or three thousand people, and I guarantee their HR office probably isn't trying to find employees so much. They're probably hiring that stuff out. But for people who are looking for a job, and you know, there's an architect or someone coming out of school and they want to, you know, find something. Should they be reaching out to recruiters? You know, what's what's the what's the advice you think for somebody who's really doing this for the first time, especially if the recruiter calls them? What's what's the how would how should they really approach approach things? So, if a recruiter calls you, typically a recruiter is going to be scrolling through things like LinkedIn um, and tools like that to look for people with certain skill sets or with certain certain types of experience. So one of the first things that I would do if a recruiter called me is I would ask, you know, just flat out ask them, say, you know, what is it about your profile that, that made them decide to reach out to you? You know, what is that experience um, that, that they were looking for? Or what is it about you that makes them think you'd be a good fit for this job that they're or the job or this company that they're recruiting for what that's going to do if if the recruiter has a good answer as to why they're reaching out to you that tells you that they have actually gone through and cold cold through them and are looking at people with very specific skills or experience they're not just doing a broad cold calling sweep of a, a huge number of people because um, there are com- there are some recruiters that do, that will do that. They'll just they they will go to LinkedIn and look for anyone that has experience with architecture or, or anyone who who's in uh, anything to do with architecture, and then they'll just start calling. Uh, and that's not really beneficial because they're going to be calling people that don't have the right skill sets, that don't have the right experience. They so they you really want someone who has actually gone in and looked at your your profile and has an answer to say, oh, I was looking, well, we're looking for someone that has at least five years of experience um, with residential architecture doing these types of things. Um, And it looks like you're a match for that. And so that tells you, okay, they've done more than just a cursory search. So that was, that's, that's the first thing that I would do. And then the second thing I would do after they've answered that is then say, okay, hey, great. I think that's, it, it's great. Sounds like there's a possibility there that, you know, this could be a good fit, but tell me, what is it that you would do for me as a, as a recruiter? See what they say. What, what, what will they actually provide to you in terms of assistance? You know, will they do things like review and review your resume before you submit it and help you customize it? Will they you know, get it submitted and then advocate for you? Will they give you updates throughout the process? Um, are they going to really guide you through the process? And and when you when you need an update, will they reach out to the hire the hiring manager and say what's going on? And then one thing that I think is oftentimes overlooked 
is you know when regardless of whether you get the, get the job or not i think it's really important to get feedback after the interview from the people that interviewed as to why you did or did not get that job um, so a good recruiter will also reach out to the comp- the hiring manager and ask for that information for you look for a recruiter that says those are the types of things that they will do to help you um, and if they if they're answering things like that, I think that's those that's a good sign that this could be a good fit for you with this recruiter. Then I, I think probably a third thing I would do is actually ask the recruiter about the company. They should be able to tell you about the environment and about the culture of the company to make sure that it's it's a good fit for you before you even consider that uh, applying there. Um, and if they can't tell you a whole lot about the the company, that should be a, a red flag that hey, um, this is this recruiter's probably not going to be as helpful as other recruiters might. So to follow up with what you were saying was, you know, will will the recruiter? I mean, yes, it'd be nice if the recruiter can tell you about the company, but will they tell you specifically the company name, or are they one of those sort of things where they're not really allowed to do it, or they're not required to do it? Yeah, there there are two types of searches. Um, most most uh, probably 90 to 95% of searches are public. And so are what we'd consider public where, yes, the recruiter is fine to share with, with everybody the name of the company that is searching. There are, however, some times when the role that you're searching for is um, so high, it's either so high profile or high level that they don't want it to get out yet that that role is is open and so they may keep that that search uh, the name of the company secure throughout the search or at least until you get into the interview process that doesn't happen very often though it usually tends to happen with you know very high level positions like a CEO where a CEO may be stepping down but it hasn't been announced yet um, but they want to go ahead and start searching for a replacement early those are the cases where they may do a private or secured uh, search. Uh, generally, most most of the searches are are going to be public, and you can they, the recruiters are more than are are free to tell you what the company is. And actually, in most cases, the companies want the recruiters to do that because they want the, they want you to know who the company is they want you to know about the culture of the company and make sure that you're going to be a good fit for the com- that that company because the last thing that they want to do is get you on is spend the time and effort getting you on board and trained and get you up to speed and then have you be unhappy and leave 3 4 5 months after you started they they want to make sure that you're going to be around for a while and so making sure you're comfortable with that that company and their culture is important and, 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 and see, I'm feeling, I'm actually, after, after listening to that last bit, I'm actually feeling kind of ripped off because like in my, ta- my previous experience with recruiters, like I think maybe one out of the three that I've worked with in the past has asked for like resume and, oh, let's get this updated for the company that you're going to interview for and all this other stuff, like see the other two that I've worked with they've just been like okay you're supposed to show up here at this time and like it's all like they they just work they're just working like just an email chain just to make sure that I show up on time and they get their they get what, what what's coming for them 
Yeah, there are there are a lot of those people out there who are doing more bulk searches, and they they just they're just you know casting a really wide net, hoping they can by by reaching out to a lot of people, they will you know get get a lot of resumes. They can submit a lot of resumes to a job, and eventually, in you know hopefully the volume they'll hit uh, to make money. But the reality is those people aren't really doing themselves or the company any favors because they're not really helping to make sure there's a good fit for the company before you actually submit your resume and stuff. Uh, And a lot of times people will submit their resume, then start to talk about to people about the job, find out what's really going on with this job and what's, what's really going on with the company. And they may not want to go there because of that. So yeah, I, I, I would really encourage you to, have a, 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 a thorough discussion and dialogue with the recruiter before you start start to to uh, go through the process because that will tell you how much they know about the, that company will really tell you how much they're going to be able to help you well and and that that segues beautifully into our into our next question which is like which is how how should you? start that conversation like i mean should i should i as a potential job seeker just start taking all these cold calls and saying yes or or what is what is the appropriate way to start that conversation there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with talking to recruiters that cold call you um you know the reality is a lot of times people recruiters that are new have to find ways to reach out to people and cold calling is is a way to do it but i think Using that as the as a stepping stone to a conversation is the important part of that. And you know, if you if you start talking to them and they're really not that helpful, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not interested at this point in time." If you, after talking to them, they do know a lot about the job, they know a lot about the company, and they've taken the time to look at you and can say, "Hey, here's why I think you'd be a good fit for this role," you can start to have the conversation. To say, okay, well, here's what I'm looking for in a company. Does this does this match? Or here's what I'm looking for in a role. Here's, you know, if there's things you don't like about your current role, you can talk about talk to them about that and see if that might still be an issue with this new company or not. And you can have a really much more robust conversation once you know and have confidence that that recruiter knows knows the job in the company that they're representing. But you know, you just have to remember, you need to make sure that the job's right for you. Uh, if you're not ready to leave your current job when that recruiter call, cold calls you, let them know that, you know, that say, hey, you know, I'm not really ready to start looking now, but get their contact information because when you are ready, then you you have someone that you can reach out to already. Um, and you wouldn't necessarily have to wait for someone to cold call you. You have a contact already. Having never been been cold called by a recruiter, I... <laughs> And I'm not I'm not expecting to anytime soon. Uh, it's interesting to hear. I mean, because I, I never think about that because because Matthew, you've been. I think our conversation about this was you're getting you've been getting like a couple of calls a week for I think you said the last couple of years now. Yeah, so it's a really good time in 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 Dallas to just be a young architect with with apparently uh, eight to 12 years of experience because that seems to be what all the recruiters that I'm hearing from are are looking for and you know even after I started my own business like I'm still getting recruiters and and luckily they've they've actually 
read my LinkedIn now because I feel like a lot of them just grouped me into the, oh, well, here's one more person I can, I can potentially recruit for this particular job. But hope, but the good one, the, the competent ones these days are, are actually reaching out and saying, Hey, I saw you just started your own firm, but do you know anybody? And I just got a call from them, like you said, Larry, uh, at, while we were in the middle of discussing this particular podcast. <laughs> so I was like, well, speak of the devil. And, and I'll share a little bit of my experience with recruiters uh, in, in the architecture industry, just as a maybe a minor case study here. So when I was leaving my first job, I didn't know where to go. I, I knew I wanted to leave, but I didn't know what that next step looked like. So I talked to this recruiter. I'm like, okay, hey, I've got this year and a half of experience with multifamily, some healthcare, memory care, just, just a lot of assisted living type places, but also a lot of uh, apartment complexes. And he's like, oh, well, then I've got a perfect place for you at more assisted living and more apartment complexes, even though I'd specifically said, hey, I'm looking for something different. And he's just like, okay, we're going to put more, we're going to put you into, um, we're going to put you into more of the same. And I, and I said, you know, there were, there were two things wrong with it. One, I was looking for a job where I would be doing more than just production work and Two, I was looking for a different type of uh, of experience uh, from a from a building perspective, and 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 my my thoughts weren't particularly. I don't know if they weren't just registering, or if this particular recruiter only had only had a particular Rolodex in uh, only had a particular set of contacts in his Rolodex for me. Like I, I don't, I don't know what the case exactly was, especially after listening to everything that you had to say, James. But it was, it was one of those where I was just like, okay, this is this this kind of sucks because all I'm getting from these recruiters, and it happened two or three times um, where I just I wasn't getting what I needed, and I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna start making a list of every architecture firm in Dallas that I actually wanted to work at. It was smaller. They, it was, they had a, a, a focus in residential architecture. They were, you know, it was, it was a more, I don't want to say like modern company, but, but, but because like modern architecture, like there's, there's only so many firms in Dallas that do that. But I, I, I just wanted a more, I, I wanted a different experience. So I made a list of all the firms that I actually wanted to go work for. And I just started cold calling. And and this was this one this was on the advice of Larry who was like okay well if this isn't working out for you then you just got to start doing it yourself I'm like well yeah okay then and, and and it was it was a hard conversation to have because I've never I hadn't at that point had never actually done any cold calling but that's how I found my next job I just sat there and I cold called until eventually somebody picked up and said hey yeah I I like where you I like your experience we it's not exactly what we were looking for and I worked there for the next six years it was great. There's a couple of things, a couple of take takeaways from from your story because it's very relevant. You know, again, remember recruiters get paid by companies, so a lot of times smaller companies or smaller architecture firms may not have the budget to actually pay recruiting companies and recruiters. So, reaching out directly to that company, there's there's no substitute for that, <laughs> especially if you're looking at smaller companies who may not be able to afford to pay recruiters fees. 
recruiters typically will get paid uh, somewhere between 15 to 8 to 20% of the salary for the person that they uh, they place. So so you, you think about that if someone is you know gets placed I'm making just saying $50,000 a year then the company then all of a sudden has to pay the recruiter $10,000 just for finding that person. So, you know, a lot of times company, smaller companies don't have recruiting budgets that will allow them to really take advantage of recruiters. So reaching out directly to the company is very effective. But in your, your, your case, when the recruiters just weren't listening to you, I, I suspect one of two things were happening. You know, either one, they weren't great recruiters and they weren't listening to what you were telling them in terms of what you wanted. And so they were just telling you what they had um, and, and saying, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. But the other thing about a, a really good recruiter is they're going to sit back and tell you, hey, if you only have a year or a year and a half in ex- of experience, you may have to put in another year or year and a half of production type of work before someone's going to take a chance and hire you in a uh, more creative uh, type of role. A good recruiter will tell you whether or not what you're wanting is realistic. And, and in your case, it was um, because you obviously found a role a, a role that allowed you to do that. But a lot of times people have unrealistic expectations based on the experience that they have. And a good recruiter will will help them understand why what they're what they're asking for isn't realistic in the job market as well as helping them find what's the right fit for them cuz cuz again we want the the whole idea is to find the right person for the right job and that's it's it's a two-way street it has to be right for the person and it has to be right for the company the recruiter is just one of the conduits to or one one of the ways that that, that can be made that relationship can be made well and and it's <laughs> And it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm pretty sure one of the recruiters said, hey, based on your experience, the only thing that you're going to find is more production work. And I I don't know if I was too dense or I just that's not what I wanted to hear. or I just didn't listen altogether. I was just like, no, I'm going to keep looking and I'm going to keep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it paid out paid off for you in, in your case. A lot of cases it may not, and people might just get frustrated. But but it sounded like you had to. It took a fair amount of work for you to find the right right fit, where you got more of that uh, something that was more creative than just the production work uh, at that point. Well, and and I also think I got incredibly lucky because I think the job that I was hired for. I I was underqualified. I remember being underqualified for it and feeling underqualified for it, but it did give me something to grow into. And that's why, like I said, I was there for six years. But on, on on that note, like that's how I have found all of my jobs. After 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 that initial search with a, a recruit, after my first initial search with uh, with a couple of recruiters telling me, no, you're, you're just not going to be able to do that. All of my searches from that point on were pretty much, okay, I'm going to make a list of places where I want to go. And, and that's how I'm going to do it. And, and, and funnily enough, I ended up after I, st- after I left that company, I actually worked with a recruiter briefly, not, 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 a, not, not a hundred percent, not, not a, 
100% of my time, but briefly with that list, I said, here's my list. This, These are the people I'm going to go contact. Can you help me in that regard? So it, it changed the, 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 the nature of the conversation being like, okay, I'm in charge of my own search, but if you're willing to help, here's where, here's the direction I would like to go. And, and, and that was actually, that ended up being a lot more helpful, even though eventually I ended up just going off uh, in my own direction. Like the recruiter was much more able to say, okay, yes. And uh, here's how I can help. I can, I actually have a contact with this company. Let me, let me hook you two up. And, and that was helpful, even though I didn't end up going in that direction, but it did change the nature of the conversation when I was able to spell out exactly what I was looking for and found the right person for that. Again, you had that, you had a fruitful conversation about what you were wanting and where you thought you would be a good fit. And then the recruiter is able to help you versus just throwing 20 jobs that they happen to have, that they, that they have uh, are are being asked to recruit for uh, at you right now, you know, that, you might might or might not be a good fit for yeah it, it i honestly i'm i firmly believe that having that conversation with the recruiter and getting a good relationship with them is is instrumental to really having a, a successful and fruitful search i've always worked at small firms and and it's been the same thing i I've, I've found jobs simply by luck or someone said, oh, well, hey, by the way, this company's hiring or they're about to hire somebody or they need somebody, give them a call. And that's how I found my my very last job before we started uh, the last firm. It was just a, a phone call. I said, you know, you need to call so-and-so and tell them that I told them that you, you're supposed to call because they're looking for someone. And that's how, how I landed the job. And, and so it's a, a very different environment, I think, for smaller firms. But these these giant firms with thousands of people I'm sure that they're they're hitting up recruiters and and really really using that to to sort of fill their ranks. Otherwise, I'm not sure how they would do it. It, it sounds sounds almost overwhelming. But I think we're going to wrap up there and let you guys go, James. I really appreciate you being part of this. Um, oddly enough, everyone, I'm I'm recording from my office and, and James is recording from his office at home. So we're not even in the same room, which is. <laughs> Kind of a kind of a odd odd thing, but if you want to want to reach out to us and, and share some of your stories, you're always welcome to. As usual, it's Larry at spotteddogarchitecture.com or at spotteddogarch on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find the podcast at architecturegeeks.com and on Instagram at archgeekspodcasts. And you can find me at adding arch on all the socials media and. My website is addingarchitecture.com. So we're going to say bye for now, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. So bye.